We began a few weeks ago talking on this subject of God first. And as you notice in the video intro, I don't know if many of you noticed that, but the one consistent thing in that video intro is that it takes discipline. It, it takes a willingness to kind of make some choices in life and say, okay, this is what I put as first in my life, this is what I put second, this is what I put third, so that I can achieve what it is that I believe that I need to do for my life. The book of Matthew, the sixth chapter, has been our foundation. So would you go there to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. We're going to read verse 33 in just a moment. Let me say hello to the campuses today. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries. And I'm thankful this day that we are able each week to gather together at different locations, but to still go together to the Word of God to hear what God's going to say. So I challenge you today to get your Bible out, get ready to receive what it is that God's going to speak to us in a corporate manner today at Love and Truth Church. The book of Matthew, the 6th chapter, the 33rd verse, is again a very familiar passage, but let's look at it uh, together and let's see what it says. It says, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. God first. Seek first the kingdom. And then the Lord said, if you seek first the kingdom, then all of these things will be added to you. So we talked the first week that, that what we need to talk about, we're in this 90-day challenge. We, we've been challenging everybody to put God first in what we're calling the T3 challenge. Uh, three T's that we've been talking about. The first week we talked about our tithe. That's an Old Testament word uh, that means a tenth, that I'm going to give 10% of that which I bring into my life back to God. And I know a lot of people say, oh, that's old stuff. And that's a, well, we talked about that the first week and showed you how that, yes, Old Testament, New Testament, all the way through Scripture, God talks to us about a tithe. And that tithing is about covenant. It's about being in a relationship with God Almighty and believing that He is our source and He is our help and that it's about who owns everything, that I don't own it God owns it and it's about trusting him that I bring that tithe I bring that first tenth into the house of God and then believing that the 90% that's left over he's going to bless it and use it greatly and I want to tell you I've already been hearing from people who are saying pastor I've been trying it and I've been seeing some things happen so I want to encourage you to continue to take that challenge just to see what God can do last week we talked about your time uh, that each of us are given 1,440 minutes a day all you get, you're never going to get more, you're not going to get less. Every day is going to have that deposited into your account, and it's up to you what you do with it. You can do great things with it, or you can flitter it away, and you can lose it all and wind up at the end of life going, what happened to my life and what happened to the time that I was given? Today, we're going to talk about talent. That's the third T in the challenge of this 90 days. We're going to talk about talent. So would you take your Bibles and go to the book of 1 Peter chapter 4. Now remember, we're talking about making God first in every aspect of our life. 1 Peter chapter 4. If you don't know where 1 Peter 4 is, go all the way to the book of Revelation and start going back to your left a little bit. All right, go to the last book and go left. You'll find it. It's, it's kind of hidden back in there, all right? 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10. I'm reading out of the New International Version of the Bible uh, because I like the way this reads. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. 
Now, you and I today, the, the, the subject today is using what I have. Each and every one of us have been given gifts according to that passage of Scripture. Each of us have been given some things, some talents, some abilities, whatever you want to use it, uh, the word as. But you've been given some things into your life, and now it's up to you what you do with it. What am I going to do with these things that I have been given? How am I going to use them? How am I going to operate each and every one of them? Now, we're going to look and kind of break up this passage of Scripture a little bit to help us to understand. But before we do that, let me, let me talk to you. How many of you have read Scriptures and you see that God uses a variety of interesting people? Found that to be true? I mean, you, you know, you can, you can read the Bible and, and you'll find people like Job being used of God. Uh, you'll, you'll find somebody else. I mean, this, this is somebody who most of us would not choose to use, but God did. Rahab the harlot. I mean, that's, that's not usually where you go looking for recruit at the local brothel. I'll just break it down for you if you miss that. I don't know. Uh, but God said, that's who I'll use. She's the one, picked her, used her. Uh, and, and you go through all the Old Testament, you see a lot of interesting characters being used. And they're all different. They're not the same. You've got David, who's a great king, uh, who's being used of God. You've got other people throughout the Bible. You find Esther, who's a king's wife that's being So all the way through Scripture, you find Ruth, uh, who is a, a person who is, is really a nobody, but comes in and, and finds herself being used mightily of God. On and on and on. You get to the New Testament, and you find Jesus picking 12 guys. Now, I want to tell you, if you were going to pick a staff, you would not pick those 12 guys. I mean, if, if you were recruiting for your company, you would not go out and say, those are, the guys, those are exactly the guys who are going to make this company a success. And yet Jesus saw something in them that we don't see. Uh, you, you got Peter who is, who is quite quick to the trigger and, and loses his temper quite easily and backslides every other day. And, right? And, and then you've got John, who's all interested in just being real close to Jesus, kind of hanging out with him, being right up there at his side. Uh, and, and then you've got Simon the Zealot, who is a terrorist, basically, is what he's been doing for years, and Jesus brings him on board. Uh, you've got Andrew, who's kind of a quiet, introspective guy. And, 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 so you, and, and then you've got Judas, who, who uh, he's been laying up things for a rainy day and Right? And, and all, these, all these different characters that, that God kind of uh, looked down at and said, those are the ones I want, and he brings them all together. And each of them did not live their life the way that the other one did, but each of them were productive for the kingdom, uh, except for Judas, who we know his story. And, and so when, when you begin to understand that, you, you begin to look at life a little differently. Here's what I want to challenge you with today. Every one of us have been given the prerogative to live life and to use the abilities that God has given us so that we can make a difference not only in our world but truly as we talk about all the time that we are changing lives to change the world. That's what we're called to do. The reason I challenge you week in and week out and sometimes you say, Pastor, every time we come in you're pushing us. You're, I know that. But the reason is, is I know that you have the goods. 
I know God's put the stuff in you and it's just trying to extract the gold out of you so that we can see what God can do in you and through you. And so we're going to talk about that today. Look in the verse uh, 10 again. Look in the verse, first part of that. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Number one is this, understand what I have to minister with. What is it that I've been given to minister with? He said, whatever gift you have received. So if I'm going to fulfill my destiny, if I'm going to do what God's called me to do, I have to figure out what gift I've been given and how to use that. Now, let me say something to you. God has been shaping you since the moment of conception. He told Jeremiah, while you were still yet in your mother's womb, I knew you and I formed you. He, he lets us know that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. That in our lives, God gives us the directive for life, and He shapes our life into what He wants it to be. Now, I want to tell you something today. Everybody in here, listen carefully to me. You have a divine purpose. Now, don't miss it. You have a divine purpose. In fact, would you just tell your neighbor that, those of you watching, just tell your neighbor that. Say, you have a divine purpose. All right? Just want to make sure we're still with it, all right? You, have, you say, Pastor, I don't have a divine purpose. Oh, yes, you do. Let me prove it to you. The Word of God says this, that you were made in the image of God Almighty. So if you are made, if you're formed, shaped, made in the image of God Almighty, God is divine, therefore you have a divine purpose here on this earth. Our problem is, a lot of times, is we don't know what that purpose is. Have you ever been around somebody, it seems like they just, they're always lost? Come on, you know what I mean? I mean, like they, they couldn't find their way out of a shoebox. It's just, it's just like, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what's going on. And, and you kind of want to take them by the hand and lead them. All right? Now, sometimes you need that, but here's what I want to tell you. You have a purpose that's down inside of you. It's up to you to discover what that purpose is. The talent, the abilities God has placed in you are needful for you to begin to fulfill the destiny that God has. So you say, well, Pastor, how, how do I know what my divine purpose is? A couple of things real quickly. One is, what are your natural abilities? Everybody is born with natural abilities. Have you ever seen little kids out on the playground playing and one of them's in charge? Come on, you know what I mean? Come on, they just, they just have a natural gift from the day they were born. Uh, most of you know I was born in Africa, and, and I was the only white face in the crowd. All my friends were, were Africans, and, and yet I, I was large and in charge at three years old. <laughs> I mean, I was running the show. My mom and daddy get on me and say, you need to, you know, I just, it just was in me. I don't know. It just, I mean, if there's a parade going, I'm getting in the front. I'm not getting in the back. I found out years ago, if you're in the back, you know, of a dog pack, the scenery never changes. You can pray about that. And anyway, I want to be out front leading the band. I want to get out, you know, I want to go. And, and so some of you, you know, you got, you, you just, you watch that kid and go, man, that kid's got natural ability. They're, they're, they're a leader. They're, they're this, that. So, so we're all born, we're all created with natural abilities, and we need to determine what those are. I, I read something years ago in Psychology Today or one of those magazines that said uh, that when they surveyed kindergartners, they found out that somewhere around 70 to 80% of kindergarten students were creative. That by the time they got to fifth grade, only 20% were 
we're creative. Now, now hear me carefully. Don't miss this today. Did they get the creativity taken away or did we just stuff the creativity down? I think we just stuff. We said, you, you ever been around kids? Kids think they can fly to the moon. They, they, they wrote, I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. Right? I mean, that's an anthem of a child. I know R. Kelly sang it, but it's an anthem of a child. He's pretty childish. But anyway, we'll keep moving on that. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's this whole aspect there with, with kids that, man, they just believe. But what happens to us is, is that as we grow, everybody tells us we can't. You can't, you can't, you can't. I mean, think about this. One, one of the words your kid are, learns the quickest is no. And so by the time of fifth grade, we've pretty well taken out the creativity that God naturally gave to humanity. I want to challenge you today to go back to those natural abilities you've been given. But not only do you have natural abilities, once you come into the kingdom of God, you get supernatural gifts. The Word of God lets us know that every Christian, every believer, every person that comes into relationship with Jesus Christ is given a gift. The Scripture says that the Holy Spirit gives gifts to the church. And, and to some's given this gift, some's given that gift. Now, some of you come from a quote-unquote spirit-filled background, uh, charismatic Pentecostal background, and you thought there were only nine gifts of the Spirit, all right? There was tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, discerning of spirits, you know, all, the, all those. Well, there's a bunch more in the Bible, too. There's a gift of mercy. There's, I don't have that one. There's a gift. I mean, I got it, but it's way down. Uh, there's, there's a gift of hospitality. There's a gift of leadership. There's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of other gifts. There's a gift of administration, according to Scripture. On and on and on, there's all these gifts that are listed in Scripture. So everybody has been given a gift. It's been placed within you. So I, I've got to understand what I have to minister with. Number two, look in the middle part of that verse, verse 10, and it says that, that I'm given these gifts to serve others. So secondly, I've got to understand who I am to minister to. Who is it I'm called to minister to? You say, well, pastor, I don't know that I'm called to minister to anybody. Yes, you are. Let me show you real quickly. Everybody is called in these areas that I'm going to talk about. First of all, we are called to be developing the people of God. Now, we think that's the pastor's responsibility. We say, well, pastors are, are the ones who, uh, you know, equip the saints for the works of ministry. That's true. But the Word of God says uh, that iron sharpens iron. The Word of God lets us know that you need to have some people in your life who are helping develop you into everything that God wants you to be. Now, let me tell you this about iron sharpening iron. When you get somebody in your life who is really developing you, sparks are going to fly. If, if there's somebody in your life who's developing you and, and it's just always easy and pretty, they're not developing you. They're just a running buddy. They're just a hangout person. They're, they're not, the person who's in your life to develop you will make you mad. You will get ticked off at times. You will say, what is the problem with this? Who do they think they are? That's part of the developing process in your life. And, and so you, you, you are to be involved in relationships, developing the people of God. Secondly, you are to be demonstrating the presence of God. Now, I'm going to slow down on this one. Everywhere we go, we are to be demonstrating the presence of God. 
It's not just when we come to church. It is every place that we go, you and I are called to demonstrate the presence of God. Here's what the Bible says. The Word of God lets us know that we have the Spirit of Christ living in us. That means that wherever you go, God is. Did you hear me? When you go to work in the morning, it may be the most unrighteous place at all, but when you walk in the door... It becomes sanctified and holy because you bring God with you. You walk in there and you demonstrate the presence of God. It's interesting to me to notice how many people kind of get upset when churches don't do church the way they like it done, all right? And, and here's what I mean by that. They're, they'll say, well, you know, I, I like church. I, I want people to, to, you know, I want them to do it. use all the gifts and I want all this. W- would you study Scripture? When, when you find the gifts being used in Scripture, the majority of time they were not used in the church assembly. The gifts were used outside. The Bible says Peter and John on their way to church. Now, I know it says prayer, but it meant church. On their way to church, seeing a certain lame man, that lame man said, hey, I need some money. Peter said, I don't have any, but what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. Then, after he gets healed, after the gift of healing is demonstrated, then they go to church and they tear it up. I wonder what would happen if we would demonstrate the presence of God in our workplaces, in our daily lives, and then we would come together as the ecclesia or the called out ones, and when we got together, it would tear the roof off the place because of what God had been doing all week long. Well, if you're going to clap, go ahead and do it, all right? We've got to come to an understanding that you and I are called to demonstrate the presence of God. Wherever I go, God is. Whatever's happening, God's there because I'm there. You say, that sounds arrogant. No, he told me he was. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But I will go with you till the end of the age. He's promised that. So that means when you show up, God shows up. So you are to be demonstrating His presence. And thirdly, you're to be determining your purpose for God. What is my purpose? Now I want to tell you something. Your profession and your purpose are not always the same. Hear me again. Your your profession can help bring forth your purpose, but it's not necessarily always what it is. You say, well, I'm a teacher. That's my purpose. No, that may be your profession. Your purpose could be greater than that. Now, teaching is a great profession. Well, I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a a housewife. All those things are wonderful, but that may be your profession. Your purpose is the destiny that God has for your life. Again, Rick Warren sold 30 million books because people are looking for purpose. What is my purpose in life? I mean, think, think about how many people you know who are 50 years old who are still looking for their purpose. They're still trying to find themselves. I'm still searching. Don't you think that God wants you to know your purpose much sooner than that? Amen? You know what the Bible says? The Word of God says that God does not frustrate His children. He does not. You say, well, I, I just can't determine what the, what the purpose of God is for my life. Oh, yes, you can. We talked about it last week. The Word and the Spirit 
will help you determine the purpose of God for your life. You just have to be willing to get into the Word and to listen to the Spirit, and God will give you your determination for life. The third thing is this. Look in the latter part of verse 10. It says we're, we're to exercise these gifts as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. All right? So now we're going to look at, we've got to understand why I minister. All right? We talked about what we minister. How. Now we're going to talk about why do we minister? Why do we take these talents and abilities that God's given us and use them for His glory? Now let me say this to you. We have done church people a disservice because we have made them feel like unless you're standing on a stage, you're not a minister. All right? If you really love Jesus, you'd be part of the worship team. No, I wouldn't. I've heard me sing. I really love Jesus, but I don't need to be on the worship team. Well, if you really love Jesus, you'd teach third graders. No, I wouldn't. I don't want to go to jail. I'd be Velcroing them to the wall. Stay right there, don't move. There's a scripture in the book of Revelation that says this. It says that God has made us a nation of kings and priests unto the Lord. You begin to study that, what you find is, is that the Word of God lets us know that there are two functions in the kingdom of God. One of them is the priestly function. That's kind of like I do. I'm a full-time priest before the Lord. I, that's what I do for a living. That's what other staff members do. But the Word of God says that there are kings. When you study a king, a king is the business aspect. The Bible lets us know that it's just as important what you do if you are a king unto the Lord. Now, now some of you, some of you men are, have been waiting for me to tell you you're a king for years. So you can go home and say, I'm the king of this house. Pastor said so. <laughs> Let me just help you. You're going to get in serious trouble if you do that. All right, so follow the logic here. Don't get in a mess. The, the kingship means that you are called of God. The kings were the ones who brought the income into the kingdom. All right? That means that you are called of God to do what it is you're doing. So don't have, now, if God calls you in a quote-unquote full-time ministry, that's fine. But don't ever feel like, well, I'm not doing ministry because, you know, I don't sell everything I've got and move to, you know, wherever and, and you know, talk to pygmies or something. I, you know, I don't know. You know. All right. I'm trying to be good this morning, but it's really hard. Uh, you know, sometimes it's just fulfilling your purpose right where you're at. It's being the best employer. It's being the best employee. It's being the best, uh, you know, professional that you know how. And as you do that, you are, you are doing what God has called you to do, and you are a king before the Lord or a queen before the Lord. Amen? Now, why, why, do, we, why do we minister this way? Number one is because of God's grace. We minister because of God's grace. That word grace means His unmerited favor. Can I, can I tell you this this morning? I don't want to mess your world up too much. There, there are times I stand on this stage or preach in other churches that I'm, I'm not 100%. My life's kind of messy at that moment. Things aren't all in order. Things aren't in a good place maybe. Sherry's treating me bad or something. Huh. Thank you, Jesus. Um, you know what? what? 
I want to go so many places, but I won't. Uh, the, but, you know, you, I, and, and I don't come up here because I've been good that week. I come up here because of the grace of God. I minister out of the grace of God, not, not because I've got it all together, because I'm perfect, because I don't sin, because I don't make mistakes. No, no, no. I come up here week after week after week, and I preach the Word of God to you because of the grace of God. So your ministry does not flow out of your goodness. Your ministry flows out of His grace. And the sooner you settle that, the happier you're going to be in this thing called Christianity. The Word of God says there's therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. We're not to walk around in condemnation. If I sin, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who ever lives to make intercession for me. So I don't operate out of my goodness. I operate out of His grace. I can keep on. The, the, the second reason that I, that I minister or that you minister is because I am gifted. You've been gifted by God. I told you the scripture says that when you get saved, the Holy Spirit gives you gifts. So you have been given the grace of the Almighty God, and now you have been given gifts by God to operate what God has called you to do. So don't ever let anybody tell you you aren't able to minister. Say, wait a minute, God gave me gifts. God placed some things in my life, and I can do what God has called me to do. And thirdly, the third reason that we should minister, the third reason we should use our talent, our abilities for God, is because people are important. Jesus didn't die for animals, He didn't die for angels. He died for human beings. He died for us. That shows you how important humanity is. He had created the angels, but when they got in rebellion, he kicked a third of them out. When mankind goes into rebellion, 4,000 years later, the Word of God says, Jesus showed up as Emmanuel, God with us, as the one who is going to die for our sins. Let me tell you, the reason that you ought to use your talent, your abilities, your giftings for God is because there's somebody in your world that you can make a difference in. There's someone that only you are going to have an impact on. And if you'll take the ability you've been given, if you'll take the talent that God's placed in your life and say, God, I'm going to use this for you, then their life is going to be changed for eternity. I was praying this morning earlier, and, I, and I, I, I didn't have this in my notes, so I put it in my phone, and I, and I want to read it so I get it right. Here's, here's what came to me. Significance in the kingdom is determined not by title or position, but by obedience to your call. I'm going to read that again. Because we think, well, if, if I could just get a position or if somebody just, if they give me a title, if, I, if I'm the Reverend Wright, you know, so-and-so, Bishop, what, that, that'll make me somebody. No, it doesn't. You can put anything on your cards you want to. That does not make you significant. Significance in the kingdom is determined not by title or position, but by obedience to your call. What is it God's called you to do? And if you do that, you'll be significant in the kingdom of God. 
Now let me show you how to discover your purpose real quick. Number one is listen to your dissatisfaction. Or as was said by great theologians, I can't get no satisfaction. All right, listen to your dissatisfaction. Why? Because it's in that dissatisfaction that we begin to find what it is we're supposed to do. If, if you just blase and nothing moves you, you just kind of hang there. But all of a sudden you begin to be dissatisfied with the place you're at, what's going on in your life, and then you will begin to move to determine what it is that God has called you to do. Secondly, listen to others. The people that are in your life, the people that you believe are godly, the people that God has surrounded you with, listen to them. When they say to you, you know what, I saw you do this, that was so wonderful, that really made a difference in somebody's life, listen to that, because in that you'll begin to find your purpose and your destiny. They, they come to you and say, you know what, I saw this, the other day. you're really good at that. Let your ears perk up when somebody says that to you, because it's in that moment that you begin to, defi to define what your destiny is and what your purpose is. Thirdly, listen to your gifts. Your gifts will talk to you. Your gifts will talk to you. Now, this is a great place to use that scripture, that your gift will make room for you. And I used to use that all the time until I went and looked it up. All right, it's an Old Testament scripture that says a man's gift will make room for him. But you look that up and you find the original writing, what it means is a man's bribe will make room for him. So it's your bribe will get you into the right place. I, I, I can't use that right here. You don't need to be bribing people. All right? You need to be using the gift that God has given you to fulfill the destiny. If you'll listen to your gifts, they'll speak to you. God's placed them in your life for a purpose, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you about what it is that He's called you to do. And lastly, listen to your passions. What are you passionate about? What, it is, it, what is it that excites you? What is it that makes you get up in the morning and you can't wait to face the day? You say, Pastor, there is nothing in my life like that. Let me help you. Did there used to be? Come on, there had to be a time in your life where you were passionate about something. Go back and revisit. If, you if you're not passionate today, go back and revisit a passion of yesterday. Let something that energized your life. Don't be a person who lives 70, 80, 90 years sucks up somebody else's air and dies. It's a pretty brutal way to say it, isn't it? Pastor, why do you say it that way? Because you are called of God to make a difference. You have a destiny that's down inside of you. And God wants you to make a difference. God wants to use you marvelously for His kingdom. Well, the past three weeks, we've talked about this whole aspect out of Scripture. We've used Matthew 6, as we talked about, seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We talked about tithing. Tithe is about provision in your life. It's about God's provision, and it's about your provision that you bring into the kingdom of God. Your time is all about production. What is it that you're going to do with this time that you've been given? But your talent is about significance. When one day they stand and they look over your body 
And they talk to people who have gathered to remember you. Your talent, your abilities are going to be the things of significance that they're going to talk about. I believe with all of my heart today that every person listening to me has great potential, has great abilities that God's placed inside of you. It's not like somebody else's. It's yours alone. But if you'll use it, God will take it, and you'll see great things happen. Amen.